You're listening to This QPOC Life, a podcast that looks at the world through the lens of a queer person of color. We strive to be a safe and inclusive listening space for queer people of color. We also have a variety of views and opinions. Please leave a comment on our website, thisqpoc.life, on our Facebook page, or send us a tweet at thisqpoclife. Help us build this QPOC community. While you're at it, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Just search for This QPOC Life on your favorite platform. Don't forget to check out our Patreon page. For as little as $1 a month, you can become a patron of This QPOC Life. You can invest in this podcast and help us to continue to create quality content by and for QPOC. Well, here we are, episode 50. Just like your age. Just like your weight. Hey, everyone in Able, so... I'm watching the both of you. Anyway, episode 50. Oh, my God. Sure is. It is episode 50. Let me sit up in my good chair. Yes, this is a very special milestone for us. You know, 50 represents the golden jubilee. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it's actually said that in ancient times, the storytellers of the Kupak tribe would gather under the light of the full moon, which... Back in the day, glowed gold. Where's this music coming from? And tonight is a full moon in Libra, if I'm correct. Wait, how do you know that? Uh, the weather app girl, come on. Oh. Yes, it was during that time that the Cupac tribe would be able to put on really amazing productions in the coolness of the night, guided by the golden light of the moon. Oh, I remember reading about this in history class. Yes, you know, it is a known fact that in QPOC culture that some of history's finest QPOC works came out of these Golden Jubilee celebrations. Mm. Works such as Moonlight. Oh, that's a good one. And if memory... And La La Land. To that one, well, I don't know about that, but... If, Not La La Land. If memory serves me correctly, there was something else. Nope, that's it. The QPOC history only speaks of the Golden Jubilees in an artistic sense and the wonderful works that came of them. Thank Well, there is a scientific explanation to the phenomenon. Yeah, I specifically remember reading about it. The Cupac Jubilee just happened to fall on the nights of the golden supermoon because the light was so grand. But the truth of what was actually going on, you all are looking at me like I'm crazy right now as if you weren't in history class with me. But the truth of what was going on was that the supermoon was completing the gateway cycle. We don't usually speak of this. Yeah, it's part of the fucking legend, John. That you don't talk it up otherwise. Yeah, the gateway circle. It's the sealed doorway that unlocks every time the moon completes 50 rotations around the Earth. It is said in Cuba culture that this is the one and only time that one's enemies can, if they want, return to this realm, the land of the living, and seek their revenge. This is why we can't have nice things. What the hell was that? Well, anyway, I'm not really sure what that was. But let's get on with the show, shall we? This is the award-winning This Cupac Life. This Cupac Life. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello, hello. Hi. How are y'all doing? Oh, my gosh. So with the help of Studio Magic, mm. you're about to hear some... It's going to be a really fun, fabulous, epic episode. As I've already heard. On this Golden Jubilee. Mm, with some audio with drama. Really fun intro that we Cone have We already know what's going to happen because we've recorded everything. It's like Game of Thrones. We also wrote it. Well, everyone, my name is Zachary Aris. My pronouns are he, him, his. Um, and I didn't think of a really funny thing to say this week, so fuck my drag. My name 
is Jonathan, a.k.a. Blaze and FMA, he, him, his. And I also didn't think of anything because I wrote a whole bunch of stuff earlier. You may call me Joe Lee. That's Joe with no E, which is how you'll find me on the internet. And my pronouns are they, them, theirs, and Balmain. And my name's Carlos Rios. You can catch me online at Trey Fabulone. My pronouns are he, she, they, hers is, and Lizzo. Normally, this is where we would say, and you're listening to this coupon clap, but that already happened. Yeah, we already did that. But, but it was different this time because we are now the award winning. We won an award! Yay! <laughs> us. We deserve this. The the crystal trophy. Like, who, what was that? Will. What was that lady's name from the reality show? I deserve. I have not seen this particular program that you're discussing. from. The reality show wasn't it Sister Patterson that came out with the song "I Deserve." It was someone's mama. It was probably. I mean, Sister Patterson is Tiffany. I'm gonna Google it right now. Mm. Okay, you do <laughs> that. So while room. Jonathan's doing that, for those of you who don't, know, Mama B. For those of that you was who a don't Swift know. Google. A few weeks ago, the cast of this Cupac Life, through your help, we were able to win the People's Choice Awards of the Brooklyn Be Free Awards. Yay! Yeah! And it was such an exciting moment, such a good night for all of us. We got to come to Brick during a time that we normally don't come to Brick, and we got to meet other content creators. Yeah, oh, there was a lot. It's a rich community here. Yes, and that has been amazing. And the way the the system is set up and the nominations work, we actually don't know for each of the categories who are the finalists for each of the awards right. until the night of. The only awards that we knew who the finalists were were the ones that were competing in the People's Choice, which we knew we were up for. And as we said, we won. And we are very grateful to all of our listeners for voting for us. And it was an incredible showing of support from all of you because we we won by a pretty pretty wide margin, pretty hefty margin. And we, had and we came receipts. from really far behind. We and, did. And there was no collusion. None Zero whatsoever. collusion. And when the time came for the podcast awards... There are a number of podcasts, including ours, that were submitted for consideration for that award. However, as we said, we didn't know if we were going to be finalists for that or not. Correct. And as it turns out, we were shortlisted for that award as sure well, were. which in and of itself is an honor, that especially was... considering we've only been doing this for a little over a year and a half, give or take. Yep. Yeah. It so was, we uh, have one nomination and one, one of award. those heart-sinking moments. It's because, like Carlos just explained, like, you don't know who's going to be nominated. And there was, like, what, 20 people nominated? Or, like, there 20 was people a list. Long so list. a long list yeah, for that or, thing. Yeah, honoree. And there were only, like, five that are nominated. And it's just like on award shows TV, like, when they say, and the nominees are. And then they, like, flash up on the screen. And I was like, oh, my God, this is it. Well, we didn't I was I was looking at the teleprompter, so I spoiled it for myself. Yeah, I was spoiling a lot of that <laughs> award show for myself because we were sitting on the side, mezzanine, and we could see the teleprompter, so we knew. Yeah. But it was fun. And um, thank you to all the listeners, as has already been mentioned, and uh, people that we tagged in Facebook posts and everything, and Zachary going through the work email. I don't know if you're allowed to do that. I, I would have not been allowed to do that with my work email, but you really pulled through with some of the boats. And it was great. And everybody else, too. Yeah. yeah. The PAO. The PAO. JoJo posted in the PAO. Our patrons. Our mm -hmm. patrons. We came together. And, and we did it. Uh, just real quick, just thank you to Brick for making it possible for us to podcast in a quality studio. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And have the opportunity to submit for and win awards and think about what's next for our podcast and what a bright future we have and what we, we're going to continue to do and create for you. Because we hit 50 episodes. Yep. 50! We're at 50 episodes. And one more thing. Thank you to you listeners for the feedback. I don't know. I think we've all gotten some feedback in some form or another. Yes. I've seen some screenshots in our group chat. I mean, and I don't want to I don't want to make people feel bad, but like at some point, especially since it's such a milestone stone episode, I just want to thank people that I know that have reached out and given me feedback, like Kyle in San Francisco. I don't know if you're going to be a doctor or a nurse, but you're Filipino and you're awesome. A boy with a broad strap on Twitter or Instagram, one of those. On uh, Instagram. Instagram. Oh, Instagram. Yes. Uh, and that's just two. But there are so many others that listen to us and like give us feedback. And, and include us as a part of their self-care. 
commutes and wow. self care and listen to us and look forward to the episodes. And it's weird because you don't, you the listener, do not necessarily have to. And I know this as a listener of other podcasts. You can allow people to come into your lives and feel like you're in our living room and not necessarily have to react. You don't have to tweet. You don't have to send us an email. But I think us in this studio forget that like we are actually touching a lot like hundreds of people mm-hmm. oh every time we put out these things yep. so congratulations to you all congratulations to, all to you and here congratulations john yes so let's move on to our checking in section yeah. we like to take time out of this podcast to talk about how we are indulging in self-care because as it has been said on the podcast many times before self-care is a totally an act of resistance yes so jojo how you doing? I'm doing well. I have the apartment to myself this weekend Ooh, because hosting. Janet's away. Nah, I'm I'm sleeping. Hosting. <laughs> I'm definitely learning about boundaries when it comes to clients and helping clients be clear right, about leave the money on the table. What they want, please. <laughs> Fill out for Get the money up front. Um, really? Because when I charge them up front, it just sorry. <laughs> it removes the it removes the 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 mystery. Yeah, like do you actually like me or not? Oh, yeah. Well, I only want to work with people I like, so there's that. Hmm. Oh, you're not going to make a lot of money then. Wait, are we talking? Never mind. No, we, I was talking about Pretty Woman. I was Jojo talking about was having talking sex. about a legitimate freelance career. But. Oh, okay. I was there with you, Zach. Thank you. Part of my self care this week, and we're going to talk about it later on. But you know, God bless a Beyonce Newsweek mm-hmm. because this week has been rife with news, mm. and I don't know what it is about the moments when Beyonce drops an album, but it's like in those times I take a good look at myself and examine my edges and see how hard I'm not working and then kick my own ass to Hmm. work at least a tenth as hard as Beyonce because a bitch works hard. Mm, That's true. true. She's a Virgo. Wait, I have a question. Do do we know off the top of our head when, sorry to derail your self-care, but do we know when Beyonce's first album came out? What, do you remember what year was like 2003, 2004? Probably. Every time Beyonce hits some sort of big fucking milestone of like first album, Lemonade, and Homecoming, it's when a Republican is about to win. Can we not? Sorry. Mm-hmm. Second Bush, Trump won, Trump two. <laughs> I, I, no. I am Sasha We're Pierce not call was that pre Obama. Maybe she's maybe she's trying to give us something to get us through. 2003, right in the midst of the primary, she's trying to get us through some dark times. Listen. She knows. She knows. I'm just saying, batting the hatches. It was Dangerously in Love, June 23rd, the day before my birthday, 2003. <gasps> Happy birthday. Sorry. But Jojo, how is your work with <laughs> But, uh, you know, other than that, I've done some work I'm proud of. I want to get back to focusing on music. But, you know, girl got to hustle, hustle for money first. And yeah, when's the new single coming out? Heaven. I have We're to. holding you accountable back on this yesterday. podcast. Yes, yeah. Back back to yesterday is going to be a long time. Um, <laughs> I love that song. Check in with me next week. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> this is a recorded I podcast. Just my phone. <laughs> the phone actually that went wasn't over. Intentional. <laughs> well. Fuck your notifications. <laughs> Carlos, how are you? <laughs> well, after that laugh, I'm feeling great. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I did that. I don't know why you did it either. So this keto life continues yes. on a wonderful path and journey. I'm feeling better and better every day. I, Although I continue to weigh myself, I am no longer holding myself super accountable to the scale because it's now more about my body and how it's changing and how I am slimming down and trimming inches off of various parts of my body. Mm. Um, And I'm feeling good about that. And I'm very close to my final goal weight. So that's been going really, really well. Um, One of the other things that I had shared with you all earlier in the year was that I was going to invest more in traveling and going to different places and actually booked a this week I booked a trip on a whim to go to Chicago at the beginning of May oh, and boys, so, yeah. my friend and I uh, one of my really good friends shout out to Jimmy 
um, we're going to hang out in Chicago. And he has not been to Chicago in many, many years. And so, and probably over 20 years. So I'm going to show him my Chicago. We're going to do Boys Town. Shout out to all of those crazy bars like Sidetrack and Roscoe's. And if all goes well, we'll end up at the end of the, at the end of the line at the Lucky Horseshoe, AKA the strip bar where there's probably a lot of meth happening, which is great and exciting. Um, I want to go to a strip bar. It's actually, it's super trashy, but it's actually kind of fun. I remember when I was in my early 20s and I would, we would go out and I would be like, ah, ha, ha, I don't want to go there. Like, that's so trashy. Well, now, like as a fully grown woman of the Lord, I'm like, let's go. I've got singles. <laughs> Fuck it. Single. Let me start with the ATL. Like, it's so fun. Wait, so. do they have like gay strip clubs in New York? Um, there's a, there's a bar that has dancers. Actually, there's a couple bars that have dancers. Oh, the, the Western one? That's not a strip. No. no. So it's in a, New York, they're just called Go Go Boys. Right. There's a group called the, like the Adonis Lounge and, um, Spunk. Mm-hmm. And, and the Cock. And so they are parties that happen, but they happen at specific bars throughout town. But there's not like one like gay strip club. And remember, everyone, the difference between a stripper and a go-go boy. The go-go boy is already undressed. Thank you. So I'm really excited about that. And my family is actually coming to visit me next week. So they'll be in town. And I'm excited about that. And I'm also nervous because it's just entertaining people and having all that shit done. And my dad wants me to, like, make an itinerary. And I'm like, I'm nobody's assistant here. I'm too old for this shit. But we'll make it work. My uh, sister and brother are both turning 15, so that's going to be a, a nice moment for them. I know. They're keen saying they're going to do it here in, with me in New York. So that's what's going on with me. What's going on with you, Zach? Oh, wow. Uh, well, I think that if if you know me, you probably have heard me complain about the trajectory and the position in my career uh, for a long time. And... I was really in a place where I was defining who I was as like an artist based on the level I was at within my career and constantly feeling like I was like behind um, and I was too old and I wasn't catching up. But I know I, that feeling. That part. Hello. Like, and I think looking at it in hindsight, like, I think that wherever you are, you are there and you are on a path. And mm-hmm. the this path has many forks down the road. Who knows where they may all lead? And um, one thing that I've noticed through that journey is that um, in keeping with my theme of every time I do a self-care to be A, long-winded, B, yep. super vague, also. C, a, a narrative clusterfuck. So... Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're at the trifecta. Thank you. Hi, three three parts. Right, and le- is three not my number this year? Anyway, um, so every time that something good does happen, I won't talk about it until the very last second because I'm always worried that it will unravel right. and fall apart. So that's why if I get a solo in the chorus, I don't say anything to anyone until literally the night before the show, <laughs> just in case something bad happens. Um, or if something good happens and I work on a show and then I don't talk about it until the day it's about to happen. So I'm going to say this now. So that way, even if it does get canceled, whatever, but I'm going to say this now. So that way on, on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, when this episode comes out at the very least, it will be out there. Uh, next Friday, as part of the weekly show I do on AM to DM, I, along with my co-host, but we will be interviewing Trixie Mattel. And I haven't told anyone about that except for my sisters here um, because I'm worried, you know, it's she's a celebrity and it's show business, so she could cancel at any time. Life comes up. But um, I'm going to be sitting across from someone who is a titan within their industry, and that's a huge honor, and I'm very nervous about it, but I'm really excited, and uh, who knows what the future holds. So that's That's exciting. That's everything for me. Also, a quick little tidbit. I know that I haven't mentioned it to everyone, but I have never had like an actual STI test. And finally, I was like, what if I'm like a carrier of like super clap? And I'm just asymptomatic, like a double clap 
on like the two and the four. So damn, and the one and the one and three. Every clap, every clap. So I was like. I just decided to do it, and I finally did it. And I realized when I was doing it how stupid it is not to just do those things. Especially when you have insurance. That part. Oh, I also found out that the, um, not the Goodwill, but the other thrift store around the corner, they do free HIV testing. Oh, no, yeah, that's um, um, uh, out of the closet. That's where I'm going to get all my outfits to go against Trixie Mattel. Yeah, out of the closet works is part of the uh, AIDS Healthcare Foundation. Shout out and to AIDS so, Healthcare Foundation. Yeah, they do incredible work. Tonewall, actually, we were at a gig and they were there. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, out of the closet is a thrift store here in New York where all of the proceeds go to the AIDS Healthcare Foundation. I'm going to buy my entire outfit from them. Duly noted. Thank you, Jojo. Um, oh, Jonathan, uh, award-winning creative director and executive producer of This QPOC Life. And other podcasts. And other podcasts. And soon-to-be award-winning other podcasts. Yeah. Hopefully. Uh, how are you? Oh, I'm good. Uh, <laughs> cool. So we can go to the next segment. <laughs> I have been working all year, fiscal year. Our fiscal year for my day job starts in June. And I realized I didn't take a holiday in December. I we didn't go to PAX East, so I didn't take days off for that, and so my vacation days are about to disappear June first. Oh shit! And I have fifteen to schedule between you use now and so I'm using today was my last day of work for like two weeks. Um, nice. So are you going to see a Broadway show every single day? For the I next don't two think weeks? so. Actually, I, I think I'm going to go down the Carlos path and take a spontaneous trip. Do it. I oh, might. I think I haven't been back to Memphis. Since like 2013. So I think I might make a surprise appearance there and like rent a car and drive since my license expires next year. But also for this QPOC life, because as you all know, in the summer, uh, we kind of go on break. We'll be gone the whole summer. I have actually sent out emails to a series of people that I think would be very interesting to do uh, short documentary interviews with. And hopefully, if you're not subscribed to the This QPOC Life YouTube page, you should do that because I hopefully will be uploading content to those throughout Pride Month. Uh, The working code name is uh, QPOC Profiles. And it's really to bring up the stories of queer people of color and trans queer trans people of color to the forefront during Pride Month, especially this year because it is the Stonewall 50. It is World Pride in New York. And I really want to do my part to ensure that the narrative of QTPOCR told on social media throughout Pride Month. Um, and so I'm looking forward to doing that. And so initial phases of that are like just reaching out to the people. I had two people Uh, respond with a confirmation. If I can just get four out of like the 15 that I contacted, I'll be good. So one of them is like a PhD candidate that actually just successfully defended. He, we all know him from the PAO and he is like the first openly gay man in his church in a very conservative West Indies uh, church, black church. Another one is a Middle Eastern Desi man who lived the circuit party life and now has a child, um, also in the PAO, um, and is open about that. Um, And then another one is my barber, who actually was just featured in Now This, And she started her own queer, uh, safer space uh, barber shop. And you can actually look that up. It's like already got, it came out like two days ago and it's already got like 200,000 views. So she's about to blow up. And I was like, let me get a real interview. So that's what I'm doing. I'm taking time off. I'm going to probably be swimming every day. um, Mm. And just making sure that... Straight to Memphis. Well, not straight to Memphis. Not down the Mississippi. But... But, um, yeah, so that's me just uh, trying to make sure like JoJo mentioned, you know, I think all of us creatives uh, and just humans in general... Well, I will say creatives because I was going to say I was going to say we all suffer from some kind of imposter syndrome and we also oh, yeah. feel like we're not doing enough. But as you were saying that, I was thinking about like people and I just think about people who are very content in being where they are. And like, are they actually content or do they wish that they were doing more? Um, so, you know, that, that there's a clear difference between like. I think my response to you and also to myself is like, just keep going. And to Zach uh, and to Carlos is just keep going because like. 
if you keep going, you're going to run into a wall and then you're going to make a turn and then you're going to go some more. So, hey. So, yeah, that's me. And uh, we're going to move on to the next segment. After this break, we'll be talking about Notre Dame, Game of Thrones, Lizzo, Beyonce's Homecoming, and how do you pronounce this man's name? British Booty ass. Booty 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 This guy that wants to run for president and he's gay. All right, so come on back. Hey, everybody. So, as you know, I have been working on a secret project over the past few months. Oh, and look, it's not. It's a ghost. What's going on? Actually, it's called Topics Include, and it's a podcast. And it is run by some very special people that I met way back in November. And now here we are all the way in. And what is your role on this podcast? (laughs) Oh, I'm the producer, right? Yes. Yes. He's Zordon. I'm the Zordon of the the podcast. So I'm going to hand it over to Ian. See, ever, I want to tell a short story. Oh, here we go. I want to tell a short story about this because it you was. You were the person on Profoundly, weren't you? No, it wasn't <laughs> me. It wasn't me. But I saw your Profoundly where someone asked that. Mm-hmm. And then I thought about when I made that mistake the first day. And <laughs> this person who you're about to hear on the mic is so fierce. I just remember sitting at a very long business table. And I said, <laughs> Ian. And then without looking up, she's writing. She says, say my name again. <laughs> I was like, oh, what did I do? So. Ian, take yes, it away. Right, Tell us about Topics Include. <laughs> well, thank you so much for that wonderful lead-in. Topics Include is an unapologetically trans podcast that seeks to create a space for trans people to gather through pro-black, sex-positive, and healing-informed conversations that are educational by accident and liberational by choice. Well, let me tell you, sitting in on every episode of the podcast has really educated me on some things. Mm. And having known you all over the past, what is it, five, six months now? Yes. Mm. Um, I think we're mm-hmm. coming up on six or seven. I remember um, El Morgan, who was also here, along with Sammy. Sammy wasn't at the holiday party. Or what no. were you? Sammy, say hi, by the Sa- way. El Morgan also say hi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're here. There, we're, yeah, and we're missing Maybe. Maybe was at the Christmas yeah. party. It mm-hmm. was actually on Christmas Day. Oh. Oh, yes, the Christmas party. I was like, what holiday party? Yeah. Oh, I was trying to I be. I wish I was at the <laughs> Christmas house. party. Oh. But I remember, so a lot of you that listen to this QPOC Life, you're going to really resonate with this. But, I, you know, saying that I'm a part of the QPOC community, you know, as I say on the podcast over and over again, and the reason why I'm saying this is because I've been working with these fine people. Trans people are the forgotten people of queer umbrella, like queer mm. history. They're the ones that paved the way for us all the way back during and before and after Stonewall, ever since then, as we're coming up on the 50-year anniversary. And they've really just been there. And uh, we're in the studio recording an episode right now. And in my mind, I was like, uh, and listen to it. It's Topics Include Episode 5, and it may or may not be out by the time I'm you hear this. But I'm thinking, like, during that whole struggle, during any struggle, people with jobs and people that are not oppressed are going to sit on the back and say, oh, yeah, Mm. they'll be armchair Mm. activists and be like, I'm part Mm. of the cause. But it's Mm. really the most oppressed people throughout history and even now who are still fighting the good fighter and are on the front lines of the battle. So all of that to say, at the holiday party, I was made to feel very comfortable to ask questions in a very respectful manner that clarified a lot of things for me. And I remember, actually, I don't remember what I asked, but... It, they handled me with care. Um, and so. <laughs> it was maybe an I. <laughs> right. So, um, El Morgan, tell us a little about, about yourself. Oh, God. Uh, I'm an actress and a photographer and also a part of Topics Include. Uh, I do the money shot every episode or some episodes rather uh which is a look at photography and something that caught my eye and how that relates to us. And Sammy. Who are Hi. you? Who are you? Who are you? I'm trapped mm. in the closet right now. Um, no. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm Sammy Noryunis. I'm an actor, activist, uh, originally from Baltimore, but I also live in New York now. Um, and on topics include, I do a segment on trans history. It's really important to me as someone who like feels connected to my trans ancestors to pass that on because growing up, that wasn't like a thing I got. People told me like, you know, I was alone and this is like a a new weird thing and it actually isn't. And I kind of want to spread that knowledge to other people. 
And I'm Ian. I'm a baddie and I'm an actor and I'm an activist. And I do the community <laughs> shout out. Maybe is a wonderful actor and activist as well. They can't be here with us today. Um, they are the white constituent of our podcast. <laughs> but please <laughs> forgive us that. Zach of this podcast. Please, <laughs> please forgive us that. But um, we're, so gra- we're so unbelievably milk. excited to um, share this community. We're fans of this QPOC life. And thank you to Jonathan for being our producer. Ooh, and yes. hopefully we'll be seeing a lot more of you. And maybe, who knows, maybe you'll become a big, bad Patreon supporter. <laughs> mm. <laughs> All right, you all. Well, back to the show. Here I am floating in the abyss. Ah, perhaps it is better here in the eternal nothingness. Do you desire to live deliciously? Who dares disturb my rest? I am the Keeper of the Realm, and I have opened the door for you to exact your revenge on those who have banished you to these pits. Look! Yes! Oh, she so better. No that a vengeful PC and someone's manager the other day. What? They still roam the land of the living? They have continued on with their lives as if you never even existed at all. <laughs> Yes, I feel your anger rising. Let the hate consume you and go. Yes, I will return to the land of the living and destroy them all. But first, maybe I should save my game. And now I am ready to go back to the earth and destroy them all. Yes, minion. Everything is going precisely according to plan. <laughs> and we are back for our regular installment of Shooting the Shit. We've got a couple of topics that we'd love to talk about. The first of which is Paris is burning, but no, for real this time, you all. <laughs> In the great tradition. Notre Dame caught on fire earlier this week, much to the sadness of many people and mixed emotions of many other people. And I found it really fascinating. I think the thing that was the most... Um, difficult for me to process was one, I could not handle everybody on social media posting photos of like, oh, I went to Notre Dame. Oh, I went to Notre Dame. I'm like, so oh, let me post this picture. Right. Oh, I'm really glad I feel so sad. for you. I mean, I went to Notre Dame too, but I'm not posting this shit. Like, don't make this moment about you. you. Yeah. Oh, I've been going on a trip. If you've watched me on social media, I am so tired of selfish people, self-centered people and people hijacking a moment like Notre Dame burning down to make it about them. But aside from that, I'm like, it was okay. It was a church, and people have like really responded to me. I'm one of those people that's mm. like, okay, but three black churches burned down last week. Like, right. So where's the relief in that? And only because Notre Dame burned down, and there was that backlash of like, okay, but three, but then the black churches got one point eight million dollars. Yeah. And we got to do better, y'all. Like, if you feel, and I, I'm talking to myself as well. I really talked to myself earlier about this. I was like, I can't get outraged about people reacting the way that they allegedly feel about a thing and then raise $1.8 million for a cause that I believe in. I should have just been donating to the cause that I believed in in the first place. So I'm in that weird place. Like Mm. I'm calling you out because also like, Two billionaires funded the re- restoration and rebuilding of Notre Dame. Yeah, right. it's going to be just fine. Meanwhile, Flint. Meanwhile, Puerto Rico. Min- meanwhile, hungry children all over the United States. I I read somewhere they were like these. It, it shows that like the fact that two people can come together and rebuild an entire cathedral. Right. There should be no reason why there's Income like income inequality. Yeah. Right. It's also a, a statement on how people are willing to give. In times of crisis or emergency, like people love that kind of giving because they feel that immediate connection and that sense of help and that sense of being able to turn something around. Like they get that immediate good, like high feeling from helping someone versus other kinds of giving that are more maintenance based. Right. So when you have a regular donation set up to something like maybe it's a place of worship that you attend or any other thing that you regularly or performing arts organization you don't 
those aren't like the sexy and exciting things to donate money towards. And you don't necessarily see an immediate result from putting in your money there. And so some of that is based on how we are wired as people and a little bit of getting over that. So I say that for I say that for myself more than I say it for anyone else in the room. But if you find yourself really, really attracted to rescuing people, I would like for you to take a moment to step back and remember that there are lots of things that we can do that don't have that sexy little draw to them that are just as important, if not more important sometimes. Child, that translates over to my ex who self-admittedly was like, I like to find broken people and rescue them. I'm like, Ooh, bitch, girl. you didn't find me to rescue me. That's your uh-huh. own thing. Like, right, because you already drowned. You're the one finding these <laughs> trash-ass people except me and uh, getting burned. So um, that's, that, uh, that sounds Full like... circle moment. Well, damn. And with that, we're on to the next. <laughs> A song of ice and fire. Oh, yes. <laughs> Come on, Great fire. Honey. Game Where of Thrones is back. my dragons, bitch? <laughs> So admittedly, Zach doesn't watch Game of Thrones, so he he's not going to be able to blessing, talk honey. much about so the this. The three of us queens will gather around and talk about just for a short time. Because, because I know, if it's not I know how it feels to have everybody talk about something that I don't watch. So we're just going to speed through this. So Game of Thrones is back. We're in season eight. It's only six episodes long, and the two-hour episodes that we were promised are actually just like one hour and twenty-eight minutes each. What the fuck happened there? I'm I'm actually not too upset about it. I think it forced them. I think it's forcing them to make much more specific choices mm-hmm. in in the writing and in the the final product, which I appreciate because I mean this this first episode of season eight was really really. It was a setup. It was ser- yeah. It, it was, was it was a setup, setup episode, and I liked it because. Like, I think everybody was expecting it to come in high octane. Yeah. Everyone's dying. Mm-hmm. But, like, they decided not to do that and sort of have everybody on edge, getting everybody familiar with the characters and their stories again. Mm-hmm. So what and, are you most anxious about? Um, I I can't wait to see this showdown between, spoiler alert, between um, Jamie and all of Winterfell. <laughs> Because he right. sure is there. <laughs> because Bran, Bran was just sitting there. Waiting. A, a messy bitch who lives Wait, for drama. For Bran drama. was everywhere. <laughs> I know. He was in the same spot the whole episode. Was he? Yes. He When he said, I'm here waiting for waiting an old for friend. Oh, he was just sitting there. He was just sitting there. He had time. <laughs> oh, so that, the gag is when... That had at the end of the episode when they finally saw face to face. This had been happening so much through the, this episode, this setup episode, it's that I had to keep on asking myself, "Okay, have these two people ever met?" And then when Bran and uh, Jamie met, I was like, "Okay, how do they know each other?" I was like, "Oh, episode one, honey. Episode one when he pushed, pushed him out the window, out the window <laughs> made like, her a cripple." Like, yeah. so it was real intense. And Sansa by far was episode MVP for me. I've always liked Sansa. I've never liked Sansa. Sansa after this episode because she threw all Wait. of the shade. She was throwing she's shade. The, she's the girl from the X-Men movie, Yeah, right? that's yes. her. The she's she's got Phoenix. big hands. Okay. <laughs> Great. Um, no, that was my, my contribution, my, sorry. My episode MVP was Drogon and the look he gave Jon Snow. Oh, when he was trying <laughs> to get with his auntie. <laughs> Oh, and and um and Sam Sam Tarley because oh, we oh bless him. his heart. If if anyone can teach you a lesson in holding your shit together in a trying time, mm-hmm. it is Carlos, Sam Tarley. You responded to my Instagram story. I don't know what that little puppet is, but it was the meme of Sam saying. Uh, well, after Daenerys had said that she killed oh, his father, yeah. and he was like, "Well, at least my brother is a lord, and I'll get to return home." And then it's like this the monkey, monkey with the Daenerys wig, <laughs> yeah, with like a screwed up face, <laughs> literally screaming. I was like, "This is insane!" Yeah, so bad, full on face crack of Westeros. Yeah, well, speaking of insanity and queens and, and queens, Khaleesi's and all that, well. QPOC excellence. Well, not QPOC. I don't know. They're just POC. Well, they are queer icons. They are. That's true. And they're, I think they're allies to the cause. So They sure are. They won, sure just are. Won, a, won an award for being an ally. Lizzo <laughs> dropped an album, and Beyonce uh, dropped Homecoming on Netflix. And an album that was yes. like and music the com- from the The movie. companion live album. Which so is, is there no actual album coming soon from Beyonce? No, that was it. Okay. 
I had heard that she was, there was she another had, album coming as well. She was literally in, like, she was in the studio, but it was the editing studio. <laughs> right. okay. But, I mean, she, she just rehearsals for that performance alone, she was rehearsing for eight months. Eight months. That's a lot of for time Coachella? to dedicate for one for performance. Co- and then the final two weeks, she had everybody rehearsing for 11 hours a day. <sighs> How did it not get out? She because NDAs were NDAs airtight the blood of your children she right. probably keeps the gays under lock and key because you know gays can't they yeah can't that's what I was saying an NDA it would have been on a, a grinder profile or a, a reddit s- spoken during a <laughs> yeah exactly Beyonce shuts down her own reddit <laughs> exactly no she kept it real tight lip it was awesome it was a really really amazing performance and I, I had seen some of it, right? Because this was the Coachella performance she did, I guess, two years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, no, last year. Last year? Oh, sorry. I, I can't do math. Um, and it was great to see it then. And it was even better to see it on a bigger screen. Yeah. You know, with all the HD and, and, and all the inner slicing and the things that she did. She loves, like you said before, she loves that Super She loves eight this Super 8 filter. Filter in post, honey. <laughs> it was cute. The one thing, and I'm sure other people will feel me when I say this, the one thing that threw me off at the very beginning was when the beat dropped and I forget which song it was now, but I think it was Crazy in Love. It was Crazy in Love and it was during the uh-oh, uh-oh, like that first one. Everyone at the very beginning is in yellow outfits. Oh, no, yeah. That and was then such the beat, great editing. And then when the beat drops, it, everyone was in pink outfits. It was for a hot such second, good editing. I was like, now hold up. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> because that is oh. not how you you, ex- you experienced that show. No, so um, what some people didn't know was that like Coachella happens over two weekends. Right. Also, fuck fee, the CEO of Coachella. Thank yep. you. Go to hell. Thrice. Um, with a rusty nail. Beyonce, like it happens over two weekends. Beyonce had the audacity to have one set of costumes for the live stream and a completely different set of costumes for the concert the next week. Exactly. <laughs> um, and so we got to see both, right. which was nice. Which is really fun. But at the first time, not knowing that, I had to like Google, like, how did Beyonce change <laughs> costume Coachella? Literally, like, check my Google search. Actually, check my Google search history. That's hysterical. But that is on there. And then I learned that thing. But what, it freaked me out the first time. My favorite thing about about Homecoming and the live album is that, is being able to hear what the band is doing now. Because mm-hmm. that band was huge. It was like, there were 200 people on stage. I think the band was like 120 people. Like, dancing violinists, dancing horn section. Just, it was Another so Another day at an good. HBCU college. Oh my, it was incredible. Yeah. And and hearing her tell the story of 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 her being inspired by HBCUs and and putting that show together, her her post baby experience, like I didn't realize she went through all that to have those twins. Like so much. She was preclamptic. <gasps> yeah. I forgot she had twins. Yeah. Because <laughs> she doesn't let pictures out of them. And so we just forget, and they're going to grow up. They're getting big already. They're so cute in the video. Oh, my God. <laughs> so Before cute. we move on, what about Lizzo's album? Because we... So, so I haven't listened to it yet. So, oh, I guess I'm the only person who listened to it here. Okay, so then I'll be very quick. So Lizzo dropped a new album today. I heard Because I Love You earlier today. Yeah, Because I Love You. And Because I Loved You and Juice are on this one. Those are two of like... And Tempo. More, and Tempo. Mm-hmm. By the way, Tempo is one of the songs on a playlist that I'm putting together called Wild Thoughts, T-H-O-T-S. Yeah. Thank you. You can search for it on Spotify. I've made it public and I've made it collaborative for my friends only. Ooh. Uh, these are songs for the summer that we want to do bad things to. So mm. um, as part of Or good the, things, depending on who you are. If you're doing it right, you're doing a really Wait, good job. While, you're, bad while thing. you're doing a bad thing? It's like going to inspire me to like oh, do okay. bad things. So um, where were they going with this? Oh, so Tempo was on there because it is a hot fucking song. It's and it's so like, good. I'm a thick bitch. I need a tempo. Ooh. So good. So the whole album, it's not very long. I think the songs on it are really amazing. I love the way that she put together the tracks. So much of it is a journey of self-acceptance and loving yourself. One of the songs is called Soulmate. Mm -hmm. And it's actually not about finding a soulmate in someone else, but finding a soulmate in yourself and in the reflection in the mirror. And I think that's super beautiful. And so I really enjoyed that one. Um, 
And overall, I can't exactly how I feel is really fun. She has Gucci Mane on that one. And, you know, mm-hmm. I feel kind of a way about Gucci Mane. <laughs> but it was very cute. And then Heaven Help Me. There's something about the orchestration that she does in Heaven Help Me and the way that she sings those lyrics. It just like gets to me at my core. So if you want to listen to some wonderful black artistry, I cannot recommend Lizzo enough. Check her out. Like of, of all the the newer artists that are coming out, she is somebody I have to see live. At yeah, point. same. And she's down for the gays, right? Like she, like, and she's real, and like just some of the the stunts she pulls with in some of the flute, videos with, the flute, with that honey. fucking flute. flute. Yep. She's gonna play the flute and hit the shoot. Excuse me. Yes, she is so ridiculous. How dare you? I love her. Well, speaking of playing flutes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Wait, he gay? Maybe. Yes, he's married and quite gay. Timeline. <laughs> well, well is that all, take, I guess that's all uh, we have yeah. to say. <laughs> thank you, man. This is your segment, I Zach. I hope we enjoy uh, the rest of your primary. <laughs> um, so... Everyone, obviously, who listens to this podcast knows that one of the candidates for the 2020 Democratic primary is the mayor of South Bend, Indiana, Pete Buttigieg. And as everyone knows, he gay. Real gay. So. Like married to a man gay. Oh, my God. I know. That's That's like. like Gay gay. That's like real gay. So. All right. I don't know about. Your timelines, but mine's been flooded with a lot. So of, much, Pete. Yeah, too much, posts. Pete. That mute button is getting a workout, honey. I'm when I tell you, I was thankful for Beyonce Newsweek. This is why that part. It. I don't know. Like, um, what what are your thoughts on the the response that you've seen about Mayor Pete? It's predictable, mm-hmm. quite frankly. I mean, he's middle of the road. He comes across as safe. Um, he makes all the white gays very happy. The white gays. Let's let's expand like, on that. Specifically. Let's, let's unpack that. Because I, he's he's sort of like what I would picture as like the the white gay man who strives to be normal in society. He's non-threatening. Right. Mm. And it just puts a bad taste in my mouth personally because mm. in my experience interacting with uh with the non-threatening white gay men out there sure. puts me in a dangerous position right because it's like I can't count on you to have my back when shit hits the fan right well h- history does show that you know they often don't. And we've seen that with, you know, Stonewall 50 is coming up. And we know for a fact who were the people who were at Stonewall. And while we can't... Because masks for mask gays ain't give you shit. Not for nobody. a thing for no one. So uh, one of the things, like, for to catch the, the listeners up, too, is that Mayor Pete is a Iraqi war vet. He is a Rhodes Scholar. He is... Um, a polyglot. Yeah. Um, he's Christian. Yes. And is a very important part of his life. So, and those are all great things. And I don't right. want to like down on any of those things. Mm-hmm. But problem. Th- no, go ahead. The problem for me is, uh, as Scott Nevins, who is a TV personality and host, uh, political and entertainment news contributor, and is part of the Out One Hundred. He's an honoree of the Out One Hundred. Said he said. On Twitter, why are some gay men so afraid of running a gay candidate? I can get that we are all bullied growing up, but you're an adult now, so stop letting the bullies scare you. He's a fantastic candidate and a decent human being. To which I responded, being gay is not all grounds for all people who identify as gay or LBT slash queer to rally behind him. Folks sharing a sexual orientation or falling under the umbrella that is not hetero is not cause for unification behind this one candidate. You better say that. Yeah. That part. Come on, Jonathan. That was beautiful. And so that's pretty much my whole contribution to this discussion is just yeah. we're not a monolith. And just because he's gay doesn't mean that we need to. And, you know, because... 
what that Scott Nevins guy was talking about. He's like, why are they afraid to run a, a gay candidate? Just like the talk around Kamala Harris, like, oh, we don't need to run this black woman because right now in 2020, it's a, you know, we need a white man. We need a white straight man that is going to defeat Trump and will win over the popular. And we've already talked about it on this cute uh, Well, you know what my favorite podcast. thing is? It's like all the, all the gay men who I remember saying that are fawning over Pete Buttigieg. Right. So Solely like, because of his sexuality. Like, right. if we are really going to break it down and we're going to talk about the issues, what are Mayor Pete's issues? Has what what are his yet? stances? Because if I think of a candidate that I solely value that candidate based on their positions of things, it is Elizabeth Warren and it is Bernie Sanders because they are all about issues and talking about those issues. What what is Mayor Pete's stances on anything? I haven't seen anything. I saw. I watched uh, yesterday. I was working from home, so I had uh, I have three monitors, and I ran the Fox News. Uh, I guess it was a town hall or like a whatever with Bernie Sanders, and I don't know where they sourced that crowd from because I was surprised. At first, I was very apprehensive just watching Fox News stuff in the first place. Which actually, I keep a regular diet of all you know from all sides, so it's not like. Right. I'm not saying that I just don't watch Fox News, but I was like, oh, girl, like, Bernie, you're going into the snake's Into the den. lion's den. Yep. But, like, everybody was on his side, which was a gag. I was like, oh, my God. But that's what Bernie has always done. He's – I don't want to get on the pulpit for Bernie, but what I will say is that he does appeal to the people who also could vote for Trump. Because he, he understands working class families. But that, that particular town that he was in, though, apparently had voted Democrat for a very long time. And before. then voted. And Trump. then voted Trump. Yep. So, um, my, so watch that. Watch that on YouTube. But to, uh, to build on the point that you made that, you know, queer folks are not a monolith, like just because he falls under the the queer umbrella doesn't mean that he is not going to be subject to me scrutinizing Mm-hmm. where he's come from, what his stances on issues have been, right. and whether or not I think he's qualified for the job. Exactly. Like, it's like we've said before on this podcast, like, picking the the forerunner for the primaries is, like, your your job is to do this like a job interview yep. mm-hmm. and to evaluate who's the best candidate to t- accept the responsibilities of President of the United States according to whatever barometer um, you resonate with. Mm -hmm. And for me, Pete is just, he's, his, the needle is just hovering a little too close to moderation. And like, I understand the appeal of moderation in a, in a Trump, in Trump's America, but there's a lot of shit that he and his administration fucked up in less than four years that it's going to take an, an administration that's not afraid to push back yeah. to get us back on track. Child, in the first day, I can't. I, I've been. I was walking around the other day, actually, when we were doing our. Uh, we didn't mention JoJo and I were doing some test shooting uh, last mm-hmm. weekend. It was fun. And I was just thinking, like, remember, like, we're now in 2019, and all this. When Trump got elected in 2016, a lot of people, on varying degrees, were like, "Oh shit, it's like literally the end of the world as we know it." Because mm-hmm. Barack Obama had been the president for eight years, it was the dawn of a new day, and like within the first day, Trump was going in there. His administration was going on the website, removed everything about LGBTQ, and that yep. really struck something for me. I was like, yeah. "That's when I realized." I was like. I mean, I had always realized, like, I'm not going to be like the white people and be like, oh, no, it's the end of the world just because Trump is whatever. I mean, we're still getting shot in the streets or whatever. But when they removed, like, the information about access to LGBT stuff, I was just like, okay, it's like they're they're for real, for real. Like, they don't see it for us. There's not going to be a light, a rainbow light show every June at the White House now. Mm -hmm. And Melania Trump is going to get to decorate for Christmas and stuff like that. So it's just like we've come a long way. and um. Like JoJo said, uh, the appeal to moderation is it's probably what a, peop- a lot of people think they want. Um, also, the past three years have really shown me that there is a, f- a side of the left that I really just don't want to go. Like, I don't consider myself far left at all, considering some of the things that I see from the way some people act. I don't want to be associated with that. Um, I don't I won't say I'm moderate, but I'm just like, I'd like to <laughs> to get someone in there that watches Pose. Let's just say that. 
and understands those issues. Do you think Mayor Pete watches Pose? <laughs> well, I don't know anything about him. I mean, he, he might. The, as much he, as y'all are talking about, you don't know where he's standing. You're saying he's wavering like a needle. I just haven't heard him say anything about anything. I mean, if he watches Pose, he probably watches for Kate Mara. Anyway. <laughs> the, the one thing I have to say, though, is my reservations about his candidacy notwithstanding or his positions on issues that aren't completely clear to me or maybe clear to a lot of other people, there is something very exciting and very historic about the fact that he is the first openly gay person to run for office in a major candidate and a major party. And to see him... He's got that, that Obama factor going he, in, for him. In many ways he does. And to see him get up there and speak and like just be such a refreshing change from some of the other stuff that we see on a regular basis uh-huh. in his current administration. And then for him to thank his husband and to like kiss his husband, like that sort of stuff is like so interesting, right? So I find myself actually very um, simultaneously, I, I feel very torn, right? Because there's a part of me that like recognizes that that's an important moment, yet can also be critical and say, but what are you actually doing? What are you actually about? Um, and I've also seen, and this is, I think is totally inappropriate. I've also seen on the internet, some folks or some outlets that have reported and said like, well, that Pete Buttigieg is not gay enough. Right. And because, you know, he doesn't say like Yas Queen or he's a military man or he's a Christian. And on the other side of the coin, right, we're talking about how we're not a monolith as a people. Um, Pete Buttigieg also gets to be a gay person his own way and do no, it the right. way that no, he yes, wants yes, to yes, do. Yes, yes, yes. And if that is, I get to be a Christian and like more of a central Democrat and all these other things, that is well and, and good and valid and important for him. And I hope that if he continues through the primary that he might have some policy positions that I can get behind and and we'll see what happens right at the end of the day, the people will speak. We'll have an opportunity to vote throughout the next Mm -hmm. couple of months, the will of the people, and it'll be the will of the people. And do I think that he'll end up on the presidential ballot? Probably not. Maybe he'll be a VP. I don't know. Um, that would be, I could see that. Which would be interesting. For Stacey, for Stacey for Abrams. For Stacey Abrams. Who would be on, president. Come on, yes. the ticket. That's the one. Uh, <laughs> but the important thing and what I hope is after we make it through the November primaries is that we'll be able to, to galvanize together and fight the real enemy. Mm-hmm. And and remember, I would say, like, you know, we're it's okay to be this critical at this phase. I mean, it's okay to be this critical at any phase, any phase of a presidential election. But because we're in the primaries, like, this is the time to really split hairs and figure out who you think is the best candidate. And so, like, just encouraging you listeners, like, do your homework the best way you know how. Um, and, like, we'll see some of these these candidates. They'll get filtered out. They'll drop out. Oh, yes. And Many it'll of get them. easier to Very do quickly. the homework. Eric After a Swalwell, uh, Tulsi, what's-her-face, Kirsten Gillibrand, bye. We're uh, all going to start yeah. falling by the way. So, yeah, on the other hand, I mean— some people like myself back in 2016 are like, I'll vote for whoever is going against Donald Trump. And I've seen a response to that, a very critical response of saying, well, some of us like to weed out and comb through our candidates and make sure that they have their best interests in mind. Look, at the end of the day, it's only going to be one of them against Trump anyway. So Right, but I want the right one of them to be against Okay, Trump but what is the right one? Because that's the argument that comes up with well, Bernie and Hillary. Well, that's, that's what, what, when, we what that's Because what then all the Bernie about. people will not vote for the person that's well, in that's the because, seat. Well, that's because those folks were dumb and entitled. And that's... <sighs> to be clear. I'm here's looking at that. All right, no. Here's what I'm going to say in terms of the Bernie supporters not voting for Hillary. We there is million there are millions of think pieces about what went quote unquote wrong with the 2016 election. At the end of the day, I am from Michigan and I flew my ass home to vote for Hillary Clinton. I did not vote for her in the primary in 2016. I did vote for Bernie and Bernie won my state. He won Michigan. But and I voted for her ass in t- 2008 in the primary against Barack Obama. I voted for her. But I still flew out to vote for her ass in 2016, and I was proud and happy to. However, Hillary Clinton lost Michigan, and she never went to that state. She never campaigned there. She didn't send her fucking—the VP pick, who I've never even heard that man speak. 
before. She didn't come and visit it and she lost it because she was out of touch with what the what the new generation was wanting. I would have loved to see Hillary as president because at the end of the day, Hillary would have maintained a um a a level of living that I, as a privileged American, enjoy. She would have continued to drone bomb most of the Middle East, and I, as an American, would have been fine and none the wiser. However, we got Trump. What I will say about Mayor Pete, A, when you are engaging in a debate on a wall on Facebook, some words may be said. But at the end of the day, it is not a personal attack against you, and it shouldn't ever degrade into a personal attack against the person. Be shady, have your clapbacks, and do your research because it is important to engage in political debate because it strengthens the party at the end of the day. Bernie Sanders strengthened Hillary Clinton because she did move farther left. She did become more progressive on certain issues. Barack Obama strengthened Hillary Clinton, and Hillary Clinton strengthened Barack Obama. Competition is important. The other thing I will say about Mayor Pete, though, however, I think that Mayor Pete is running on a campaign of personality at this point, and I don't like that because I like issues. You know who else is running on a campaign of personality? Beto. But you know what I like about Pete? He's kicking Beto's ass because I don't care about Beto. Thank you. But my fear, if Mayor Pete is elected, it will be historic and very important. But you know what the last time the last time the Democrats did something historical? Not Hillary, but when when the Democrats elected Walter Mondale and uh, Geraldine Ferraro, mm. the first woman candidate on a ticket as the as the VP, they did so to strengthen um, to strengthen uh, their chances for the next four years because they figured that Reagan would win, and so they sent the sacrificial lamb to make. The Democrats look like oh the poor Dems, and look how bad Reagan is, and it didn't pay off because President Bush the first won. So don't put a candidate up there just to make the history. Put the candidate up there that you really do believe in. And if you believe in Mayor Pete, that's great. But just know that when people engage in debate with you, it's they're not being anti-gay. It's not personal. Yeah. It's just drag. It's just drag. That part. Do you think he watches Drag Race? That's what I want to know. That's the real tea. I need That's to know. That's the tea. Who is his all-star? But anyway, so we have a whole year to talk about this, and so we'll talk about it next week probably too. <laughs> All right, and so on that note, we're going to take a break, and then we will get ready to sign off. So we'll be right. What in the world? What was that? <laughs> oh, no. Carlos has been knocked out. Yes, and you're next. It's Svetlana. I thought we did away with this harlot. Watch your mouth. Oh. Oh no. Jonathan, do you have any Phoenix Downs? I'm out. Zach was supposed to pick them up this time. We need to get our asses in gear. Right. Fancy Beauty Kill Lock Power Butch Queen first time drags at a ball! Ah, there they are! My true enemies, descendants of the Cupac tribe! I don't know how you came back from the dead, but we're going to send you straight back to hell, Svetlana. That's right! Take that! Not so fast! You take these! Ah! Defense! This isn't going to hold much longer. That was all of the MP I had. She caught us by surprise. I think this might be it. (laughs) The age of the heterosexual is over, Svetlana. What is this? Who is that? In times of old, it was me, Syzygy, queen of the Cupac tribes, that united us against this wicked, wicked, heterosexual evil. And today, it ends again, Svetlanax. Use your real name, bitch. 
about that? How can you be the queen of the ancient Kupok tribe when you're the whitest one on the panel? Yeah, we're going to have to talk about this to take it offline. Got a point? All right, all, all right, everyone, please. Okay. <clears throat> all right, Svetlana. Star hearing escalation. <gasps> Carlos, you're back. Oh, hey, girl. Wow, Sizzaji, your healing powers are amazing. I know, thank you. <clears throat> anyway, no problem. Now, let's take care of this, shall we? You will regret crossing me, drag queen. Ooh. I prefer gender illusionist. Oh, uh, anyway, the, uh, uh, oh, my finishing move. Um, um, okay. Uh, hold on, no, I got it. Sizzaji Star Award-winning Golden Jubilee Shower! No! You're welcome. Oh, I leveled up! We did it. No, Sizzaji did it. Wait, what the hell did I just miss? Somehow, Svetlana just ambushed us just now. But how? And when are we getting Zach off the floor? And with that, you all, our time together comes to a close. Thank you all for celebrating our golden jubilee with us. Here's to the next 50 episodes. We hope you enjoyed our audio drama. 50 years. 50 year. years. Did you say episodes. that like my weight? I'm only like 50 pounds. Right. That was the that was the gag. Oh, thank you. So well, I'm Jonathan. I'm Jolie. I'm Carlo. I'm Zach. And this was the award-winning This Q-Pac Q Pac Life. This Q-Pac Life. This episode of This QPOC Life was recorded at Brick Arts Media in downtown Brooklyn, New York. Remember, you can talk to us at This QPOC Life on social media and on our website, www.thisqpoc.life. You can also email us using ask at thisqpoc.life. That's A-S-K at thisqpoc.life. If you enjoyed the show, please share us with your friends and rate us on Apple Podcasts and Facebook. Thank you for being a part of This QPOC Family.